a river of worship. It's quite evocative, isn't it, in terms of the images that it, uh, it conjures up in our, our minds. Every aspect, every part of our lives. We're looking for a moment or two this morning at those verses in Romans chapter 12 and uh, verses 1 and 2. And uh, it comes under this, uh, this heading of worship engages our whole lives. So let's uh, read these verses, first of all. And we read them, first of all, in the NIV version. And then I should be reading them in the message, because again, it just simply gives a little bit more of a, a broader view of, uh, of what Paul is, uh, is saying. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And then the message writes and puts it like this. It's a paraphrase of these, these verses. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognise what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you. Just helps us just to sort of unpack those uh, words of, of Paul and maybe to be able to put them a little bit more sort of into our context. Jesus, in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, echoes words from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and with all your strengths. There's words that uh, God had given to Moses for the people of Israel. And in those it speaks very much that God wants us to love him thoughtfully and with my mind. He wants us to bring our attention it speaks very clearly there that God wants, to wants us to love him passionately with all my heart and soul. He wants our affections. And also it speaks there that God wants us to love him practically with all my strengths. He wants our abilities. And that was what God was saying to the people of Israel through Moses. He says... I want you to worship me with all that you are, every part, every aspect of your life. 
your attention. I want your, your affections. I want your abilities. Every part. Paul, in these verses, there in Romans, is saying much the same thing. There. He's saying that God wants us to worship him with our bodies. All of my strengths. He wants us to worship him with our minds. All of our minds. He's wanting us to worship him with all of our wills. With all my heart and soul. He's wanting us to put everything that we have and everything that we are into our life of worship and of love for him. Whole life worship is not a trendy 21st century concept. It's there, it finds its roots in scripture and it comes all the way through scripture. It began there right back in that initial covenant that God made with the people of Israel through Moses. Saying, I want you to come and bring your whole life to me. I want your love, your worship in every aspect and every part. Now we think that we know what worship is, don't we? You know, we all think we know what worship is and what constitutes worship. And it would have been no different for Paul's first century readers. The church there in Rome to which he was writing. They too would have thought, well we know what worship is. For his Jewish readers, it would have been very clear. Well worship is focused on the temple. And it's focused upon the sacrifices and the offerings that you bring to God. For his Greek readers, likewise, they would have thought that they knew what Worship was. Well, you go to the temple, to whichever God that you are, are worshipping, and you bring your offerings and you bring your sacrifices there. They would have thought they understood what worship was. But Paul's words here to both groups about worship is so much more because it involves their living bodies. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't let's forget that final phrase. This is your true and proper worship. The offering of our whole lives. Now this is the bit that would have shocked his readers. A living sacrifice? Almost without exception, offering a sacrifice to them would have been clear-cut. It would have been a one-off moment. You bring your animal or you bring your produce. You bring it to a priest who then sacrifices it and offers it to the God in question. It is then cooked and it is then consumed. And you therefore then go away, get on with the rest of your life until it's time to come back to offer the next sacrifice. But here Paul is saying something different. He's saying that the sacrifice that you carry into God's presence 
is not a lamb, is not a bowl of grain, is not whatever the offering is, the oil or whatever. It is your life. It is the entirety of your life. Body, mind and spirit. And so here, Paul is introducing to us what is true and proper worship. And just very quickly, picking up from this passage, we can glean what true and proper worship is. First of all, it's in response to God's mercy. I thought it was lovely. They're in part of our worship earlier on. Both... both uh, Pete, <laughs> sorry, I'm forgetting your name, Pete. <laughs> Pete and Ray, both Pete and Ray, in their prayers just simply picked up, in a sense, words of praise for God's mercy and God's grace. Expanding our minds as to what God has done for us in and through Christ Jesus. The words of our songs were constantly reminding us of what God has been doing. God is good, 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 good. There we were singing, reminding us of God's goodness and God's grace. Paul has spent 11 chapters exploring what God has done for us. Worship begins with God. It doesn't begin with us. Very much like, you know, we love because he loved first us, first loved us. It's a response of what God has done for us. And I sometimes think in my own life, well, if my worship is a reflection of what God has done for me, then the poverty of my worship, perhaps I don't think he's done much for me. If it's a test of how I understand what God has given and done for me, there. God has reached out to us in mercy and we reach out to him in worship. Worship is not something that we do to earn God's blessing, God's favour, but it is something that we do in response to God's blessing and God's favour and God's goodness. So therefore, because of everything else that has gone on before, Paul is saying, everything that we have been talking about, that God moving you from a position of being under condemnation to no condemnation, from being aliens to God to being children of God, because of all of God's mercy, offer yourselves, offer your whole lives to God in worship. Worship involves our every day. Our every day. Worship is not just an inward, personal, private, spiritual activity. It involves every aspect, every ordinary aspect of our lives. I'm not going to name them, there's nobody here, um, you know, but I just remember somebody who you'd have endless conversations and come round to the topic of. Of worship, and they say, Oh, well, that, that's a personal matter. I worship in my own way, in my own place. That isn't what Paul 
the same. Every aspect, every part of our lives. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Sadly, too often we think, don't we, that what we do here on a Sunday morning is important. But actually what we do on a Monday is something very different. We've got friends staying for the weekend. And we were talking around this a little bit. And um, they were in Uganda a few years back and they went to a chapel in a hospital. And uh, when they came out of this chapel, there was a sign on the, the door. The service is now finished. The worship begins. The service is now finished. The worship begins. And the challenge there of taking the worship out of here into the world and into the everyday life. So it has to be seen to be more than this hour, hour and a half on a Sunday. Our worship should have no sacred, no secular divide. We're called to worship God in our homes, on our streets, in our workplaces. We are called to worship through our attitudes, our finances, our politics, our leisure and recreation. All these things and much, much more can and need to be done in God's presence, in God's way and for his glory. But then Paul is also saying to us, it's a choice that we make. Whole life worship is a surrender. It's a surrender of our whole lives to God. We offer an offering. Offer up to God your whole life. Give to God. Our living for God is, is not something that just happens automatically. It is something that we must choose to and deliberately do. So what do we do on a Monday morning? Or a Tuesday morning or a Wednesday morning? I guess if you're like me, you know, you, you're scrambling to get up, you're scrambling to get washed, you're scrambling to have your breakfast, you're scrambling to get out the door, you're scrambling to get into work or to get wherever you've got to go, and you just simply rush into it. You know, but actually just to stop and to offer up to God that day, that diary. And to release it to him as an act of worship. God, let me, be a, let me be a worshiper in that meeting that I had this morning with my colleagues. Help me to share your attitudes. Help me to be your presence. God, as I go down those aisles down in the supermarket, God, let me use my finances in a way that honour you. Let, me, let my purchases be purchases that will bring glory to your name. Lord, as I make that decision, 
that decision. Just help me. Help me to make the right decision. There, which will bring glory to your name. And to move through the day like that. Offer your bodies, yourselves. When we come to Monday morning, are we serving God or are we serving our ambitions? Are we serving ourselves? Paul goes on in this chapter, throughout the rest of this, this part of this chapter, to give illustrations of what whole life worship looks like. It is using our gifts generously and thoughtfully. It's in having the right attitudes and actions to people around us. It is living life to the full. And this is a choice that we make. Later on, writing to another church, the church at Corinth, Paul writes these words. Uh, because Paul wants us to transform our minds so that our minds are not squeezed into the mould of the world, but they are squeezed into God's mould. We reflect God's mind. And we're so often bombarded, aren't we, with the, the culture of the day. We've only got to turn the television on or the radio on, and you're bombarded by it. You've got to be looking like this. You've got to be doing this, and you've got to be following this. And, you know, we're all bound, aren't we, by how many likes or how many tweets we've got on our mobile phones or our posts on Facebook. There, and so on. But he says there to the church at Corinth in chapter 10, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to God. So when somebody kicks us in the shins, the world will tell us, kick him back. But Paul says in Romans, do not take revenge. Leave revenge to God. And so that attitude that I want to kick them back, we have to take captive that thought to say, no, I'm going to bless them. I'm going to buy them coffee this morning. I'm going to buy them a coffee and bless them and let them know there's a different way. And taking captive every thought and making it obedient to God. I'm not a big fan of these bracelets, but years ago there was one of those bracelets that you put on your, on your wrist. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? It's a simple question, isn't it? We think so often, oh, that's corny. That's corny. But actually as we move through the day, surely that should be our question. Our question to ourselves, what would Jesus do? So this 75 minutes on a Sunday morning is only the tip of an iceberg called worship. It's only the tip of an iceberg that, takes up, that makes up 168 hours per week. Our worship involves our whole lives because it matters. It matters to God and it matters to the world around us. We're going to do, I know the time's moving on, but I want us to do this responsive prayer and then we, I want us to worship. 
So whether we run on a little bit, we run on a little bit this morning. Okay. But I want you to join with me in this responsive prayer taken from uh, Romans chapter 12. And I want you to respond in it with those words. Let's do it. This is our worship. Remember, worship is a choice. It's a choice that we make. I will read the other words and uh, then I ask you just to respond in let's do it. This is our worship. Because of all that God has done for us, we offer to him our lives as our sacrificial worship, holy and pleasing to him. This is our true and proper worship. Let's do it. This is our worship. We choose not to follow the way of the world, but choose to change our thinking to God's way. Then we will know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to him. Let's do it. This is our worship. In Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. If it is in prophesying, let's do it. This is our worship. If it is in serving, let's do it. This is our worship. If it is in teaching, Let's do it. This is our worship. If it is encouraging, let's do it. This is our worship. If it is in giving, let's do it. This is our worship. If it is in leading, let's do it. This is our worship. If it is in showing mercy, let's do it. This is our worship. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be joyful in hope. Patient in trouble. Faithful in prayer. Be generous and invite people round. Let's do it. This is our worship. Don't hit back, but show love. Care for each other. Be a friend to those who are alone. Don't take revenge. Seek to live right. Follow the way of peace. Overcome evil with good. Let's do it. This is our worship.